All right, Julie Knox. So the last time, Julie, me and you spoke must have been nine years ago. Yeah, at least, right? Well, because it's 2020, and we were seniors at Holy Cross in 2011. So yeah, yeah. nine years ago around this right, time. Right, so must have been springtime, yeah, right around graduation. We were young and dumb, 20 years old, you know, partying <laughs> with all of our college friends, having yeah. a good old time. thought we had problems. Yeah, yeah. Thought we had the whole world. At that time in my life, I actually was, um, well, I was an economics major. I graduated with my economics degree. And then I ended up going into insurance and finance and I hated it. And now I'm in med school. So what was, what were you majoring at, the, at that time? And then what are you doing? Oh, God. Now? So ironically, so I majored in English and I started working at Pearson in publishing right after I graduated. I took a little like brief stint away. I lived in New York City for a year and went to a publishing program at NYU, came back to Massachusetts, and went back to Pearson. I've been there since, um, but in many different job titles and um, kind of different roles there. But yeah, still in educational publishing, which is uh, kind of crazy right now with all the schools are being you know closed yeah. for the rest of the year. So it's been a little hectic the last couple of weeks, but... Um, yeah, so Very still cool. kind of using my English degree, um, but I work all on math titles. So, okay, you know, yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna. I at least want to table that for after the recording because I actually have a business idea that I want to talk to you about. But well, oh, that's okay, that's enough for the listeners consuming. Um, I didn't know you were in publishing, so very cool. But we're not talking about publishing today. You, we, I moved away from Massachusetts after uh, we graduated, and um, you know, we were always friends, but we didn't really stay in contact during my time away. But then you reached out to me, um, talking about your experience with postpartum depression. And yeah, I was so excited to hear from you. You know, it was it was great to kind of hear from an old friend and reconnect. And I think. My opinion is there's, of course, some stigma surrounding mental illness, but I think that there's like an additional layer of stigma surrounding postpartum depression. It's yeah. like we, we have all these expectations that the world is just supposed to be so perfect once a baby comes out. And Oh, right. You're so and, happy. You finally got what you wanted for so yeah. long. And yeah. yeah. And you're no longer like waddling around with this, you know, belly. <laughs> right. And you're right. trying to get back into some normalcy, but yeah, and so I've I've spoken. I did one podcast episode about postpartum depression. Um, I've known some people who've dealt with this issue, so I think it's an extremely important um, disorder, illness, what for lack of a better term, whatever you want to call it, but something right. that we need to talk about. And you know, you expressed how you felt that the medical system kind of failed you in a sense, and you had to really advocate for yourself to get proper treatment. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm excited to hear about that whole story. Um, I think that this is going to be a great conversation. So let's, let's kind of hear like when, when yeah. this all started for you. So it's, and it's funny that you say you think there's even potentially more stigma with postpartum depression, because in a way I feel like there's less stigma for me personally. So I'm one who I have struggled with mental illness since I was 16, you know, I started going to therapy, um, taking antidepressants for anxiety, depression, on and off. So for, you know, what's 16 years now. Um, so like over half my life, really. And I think in a way, now dealing with postpartum, I almost feel like it's 
I feel more like it's more acceptable to share mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, well, I had this medical event occur and, you know, there's hormones and there's all these other things involved that in a way I feel like I can kind of like blame it on that as opposed to just when you're going through your normal life. Um, but I don't know, maybe that's just how I experienced it, but back up. So like I said, I've always kind of battled with, with some depression, taken, you know, medication as needed. Um, there was a family history, um, that I really won't get into because it's, I think, you know, not my story to share. Um, but something that I've always kind of been aware of and I, I'd come to terms with, um, of course, when I was trying to get pregnant, I decided I came off all my medication and it's funny when you then are pregnant, you kind of get all these good hormones. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, my doctor, we made sure I was taking really good vitamins, high levels of folate, um, to kind of just monitor things and see how everything was going. But when I was pregnant, I'm like, Oh, I, I don't need, I don't think I need this medication. Like I'm doing so great. I'm not depressed at all. Like I'm in a great mood all the time, no anxiety. Um, so I'm thinking, Oh, you know, even when the baby's born, I'm just going to try to do this like cold turkey. And I knew I was going to breastfeed. So I'm thinking, you know, we'll just, we'll just kind of wing it and, and hope for the best. And I think it should be fine. Um, but I did have, you know, a doctor who I worked with previously for many years who is one I could just, you know, text if I needed her in in an emergency situation or anything like that. Kind of had that in my back pocket, but I'm thinking, you know, once the baby's born, everything's, I'm just going to be good. And well, so let's, let's kind of pause here before we get into your whole pregnancy experience. So prior to getting pregnant, did you at least feel, I guess one, like, were you dealing with kind of run of the mill depression, anxiety, and also like, was that, did you find a counselor you liked? Did you find a medication that was like helping you? Like, were you actually being treated successfully? Um, I would say like 75% successfully. Um, and I think I was, I was getting by and I'm, I've always been one of those people who I think, you know, to the outside world and even to the doctors and the therapists who I've seen through the years, I had one who said, Oh, you know, I think you're doing really great. So I don't think we need to meet anymore. And I just was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Like, I think I'm very good at kind of just going about my business and, and, you know, showing to the outside world that everything's fine going great. Um, Mm -hmm. I was treated successfully. Like I was going to work, I was getting stuff done. Um, but I don't think it was like a hundred percent per se. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a peacekeeper. I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's yeah. That sounds good. I guess I'm doing fine. Um, so I kind of had that happen once and I feel like I'm constantly always trying to reach out and saying like, I'm not doing okay. Um, but uh, I kind of got used to just functioning at a level that was, you know, you go to work, you get your stuff done, you kind of check off all the boxes and, and getting through everything, but not at a hundred percent. Okay. Okay. All right. So you kind of had it together, you know, and I, I think that's kind of an accurate way to describe you know, any mental illness, it's like nobody is ever a hundred percent cured. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, you know, a moving target. And so you, you kind of had it together. And so before I start to get into your pregnancy, this was your first pregnancy. Yes. So 
this was actually my second pregnancy. Um, and that this could be a whole topic for another discussion. Um, I actually was pregnant a year prior and wound okay. up actually having a, a bad miscarriage, wound up in the emergency room. Ooh, so there okay. was a level of some trauma um, around that too. Yeah, yeah, so certainly. Yeah. That, um, you know, kind of ended the whole thing. And just to kind of give our listeners, um, you know, and me, because I don't really know your situation, is this, were these planned pregnancies? Was this with someone who you were, um, were, were you a husband at the time or whatever, committed to at yep. the time? Yeah. So you probably know um, Mike, who I actually started dating back in in college. So we've been together okay. now almost 12 years. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So we had been married for three or four years at the time um, when we decided to start trying. So yeah, it was definitely planned. Um, you know, came off all my medication ahead of time, really, um, you know, it was planned. It was in the, in okay. the cards. Taking those prenatal vitamins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so was the pregnancy smooth sailing or were you, did you start to deal with some depression then? No, mentally, I was doing pretty well. I think early on because I had had a miscarriage. So early on in, you know, in my second pregnancy then, I did have some anxiety, but I think it was very situational and just given what I had been through, um, you know, not too far previously. Um, but yeah, as we got into the pregnancy, I was doing pretty good, you know, you get all those, the good hormones, um, that kind of carry you through. So I was, that was probably the best I've ever been, honestly. Like, oh, wow. Wow. Mentally. Yeah. Huh. Wow. That's, that's very surprising. So when then did things start to really change? It was after, so I wound up, um, actually going into labor on my due date. Great timing. Um, very well planned. Um, I was in labor for, you know, 30 plus hours. The baby's heart rate wasn't looking great. So finally we went in, decided to do a C-section. Okay. Um, and I think then, you know, just from that point on, I think a, I wasn't really expecting that from that you're in like so much pain. Then you're, you know, you're not sleeping, <laughs> completely sleep deprived. Your baby's just screaming at you all the time. You're trying to breastfeed for the first time. Like, you don't know if you're doing it right. No, nope. you know, it's all of these things that you've never done before, which I think would be overwhelming for anyone, really. Um, and then, but I would say it was after we got home, and I think several weeks in, I just knew, I felt like my head, you know, like my head was just underwater. I couldn't even think straight. Um, and there was one time we were having a, you know, difficult time with breastfeeding. So my husband decided he was going to call, you know, a lactation consultant and speak to the doctor and all this stuff. Cause he's a real, he's a doer. You know, if there's a problem, uh -huh. he's like, well, let's just, let's find out the solution where I'm going to, you know, ruminate over it and have anxiety over it and try and figure it out on my own and not bother anyone. Uh -huh. So he's on the phone with the doctor. I have two dogs. They start barking, like, you know, freaking out. And I just lost it. I chucked my phone, you know, across the room. And it, ideally, I thought it was going to land on, you know, like the dog bed or something. It landed on a dog bone, um, broke. <laughs> and uh -huh. so then I have to tell my husband, like, I'm sorry, I accidentally phone. I'm, I'm just, but that was really, I think one of the moments where I'm like, 
I got to like, I got to rein this in. I get, you know, and I think it was certainly many moments, you know, late nights of just crying, sobbing, just completely not myself. And did Um, it start immediately after the the delivery or like months after? Like weeks. I would say weeks, within two weeks to a month. Okay. Um, And my mom, you know, just in knowing me and knowing my history, at one point, you know, I'm crying to her on the phone and she just said, you know, I think, I think you need to call your doctor. I think you might have postpartum depression. And it Mm. was almost like, oh, like a relief that she kind of suggested that. Um, So the next day, you know, I reached out to my doctor right away and she started me on Zoloft just to help. I believe that's at least in her sense, you know, that's the safest one to take when you're breastfeeding. I had never taken it before. Uh um, And I quickly went up to like the max dose um, over the next couple of months. And I think, you know, and it's still, it's still an ongoing battle. I think it definitely helped. It definitely took the edge off a little bit, kind of raised my tolerance a little, but was not um, an ideal solution, but kind of helped me, you know, get by for those, those couple of months. Well, and you know, this is actually very interesting that we're having this conversation. So I'm a third year med student and actually right now I'm supposed to be on my OBGYN rotation. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's anything you want to know, let me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll certainly, uh, I'll ask you some quiz questions maybe yeah. at the end, just kidding. But, um, you know, we're at, we actually are our topic of discussion for online learning today because we obviously can't go in yep. was postpartum depression. And for us at least, in our medical perspective, we break it down into three categories, like the postpartum blues, postpartum depression, and then full on like postpartum psychosis. So, you know, if you feel comfortable at answering, were you having such severe depression where you had thoughts of ever wanting to hurt yourself or the baby or, or really like how bad was your depression in the midst of this? Like it was bad. It was definitely the lowest I have ever been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, and I just thank God that, you know, my husband was there and was kind of aware and able to help me. I don't know how someone would do it if they were, you know. Yeah, ever on like a single single parent yeah. or, or they didn't right. have a good support system. And and thank you right. for being, you know, so, so honest and open about those experiences. But I really think it's important because it helps, in a sense, kind of normalize it. Because I think a, a lot of time people feel so ashamed that they have those feelings rather than realizing that that it's really like a symptom of of something that you're going through. Right. And I think, and then it's this, you're beating yourself up over, you know, I should be so happy right now. This is a child I I wished for, I dreamed of, you know, she's here, she's healthy. So many people don't have that, you know, aren't able to necessarily have that dream kind of come true. And so it's, you know, you then feel that level of guilt that, you know, why is, why is this so much harder for me? Why am I not able to, you know, cope with this? Um, and, and so yeah. you, you got put on the Zoloft, you said, and now was that by your primary doctor or your OBGYN? No, it was by um, my, I think she is a psychi- psychologist or she's okay. like a psychopharmacologist. Um, uh, okay. 
So someone who I had seen, um, you know, several years prior who I see. pretty much just writes my scripts, you know, isn't so really- mo Most likely there. a psychiatrist. Um, yes. Yep, you know, they, that sure. person might have done therapy as well. Um, the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. But if they had the ability to prescribe, they, they a, a yes. psychologist yeah. more is the, the therapy. So at this time when you started the, the Zoloft, did you also get started again with therapy? No. And I'll tell you... I didn't for, for several months, um, you know, I would, I would touch base with her here and there to just kind of say, how are things going, kind of touch points. I actually, about a month or two ago, reached out to someone who I knew, you know, from a mutual friend, um, is, who is their therapist. And I kind of proactively said, look, this isn't, I'm, I'm still not really doing well. I want to be able to enjoy, you know, these, these times with, with my baby and not continue to perpetuate things. Um, so I kind of proactively reached out to a therapist who I knew through someone else who I've been, you know, working with for about a month or two now. Okay. Yeah. So, and then just, I guess I'm kind of confused. Like how long, when was your baby born? How long has this been happening? So she was born July 31st, okay. which is just about eight months now. Um, and yeah, just to touch upon, you know, you go through all the prenatal classes, you read the books, and like you're saying, it is kind of a topic that's addressed now. I think, fortunately, it is a little better than it used to be, probably. Um, but even in all the books, it says, oh, if you, you know, if you start to feel down, if you start to feel depressed, you know, reach out to your doctor. That's really all it, I think it says. You know, there's, there's no real practical um, advice or, you know, you're not alone, like things like that. It's just kind of like, this might be, this might happen. You know, it's the same thing as like, oh, you might feel nauseous. You might, you know, reach out to your doctor. And I'll tell you, there was a moment when I was at my OB's office within, I think, two or three weeks um, that my daughter was born. And I started just bawling, sitting in their office. And they said, oh, are, you know, are you feeling are you feeling kind of depressed? And I said, yes, but you know, I'm working with my psychiatrist. Um, she's going to prescribe something. And I think they heard those, you know, magic words and they just kind of washed their hands of it and never called, never, you know, never followed up to see how I was doing nothing. Um, and then, you know, another instance where they're trying to put these fail safes in and they're trying to be more supportive to new moms but I don't think it's really working. But another instance is when you first bring your baby into the pediatrician's office, they have you fill out, you know, this questionnaire on your mental health, trying to determine, you know, if potentially you have postpartum depression. I answered the questions, you know, pretty honestly. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, they're probably going to, you know, call me to follow up or they might have some concerns. They might want to talk to me. And, nothing, never, 
never called, never said anything. I don't even know if they looked at it, um, to be honest, but just a few instances where yeah, you know, these are the medical professionals who are really assigned to you at this point when you first have your baby, when you, you know, are bringing the baby in and they really didn't necessarily do anything. I mean, thankfully I had a doctor who I had worked with for years, just as far as prescribing something, but I had to proactively even reach out to her and say, I'm in a really bad place. Yeah. Um, can you help me? And well, I it just, it makes you think like if you already didn't have that relationship with a psychiatrist, right. you know, like yeah. what, what would have happened? You know, it's very yeah. scary to think about. If I hadn't had my past experience and known that, okay, sometimes if you get in this place, you know, maybe it's, it is, it's just something biological. Like sometimes you might need something, you need a medication or something. Um, if I hadn't had that past experience and you know, I just, I don't know. Like, it really concerns me. And I think, and even my mom reaching out and saying, look, I think you need help. If, if she hadn't also been aware um, of that, you know, if someone doesn't have a person who's willing to do that, like, I don't know. I just think there, there aren't a lot of resources. Um, mm -hmm. so, now, was ever, <laughs> one thing that, that, I thought was just so pivotal in my management of my bipolar disorder was once I started attending like a uh, group therapy in a sense, and it wasn't even really group therapy because there was no therapist there, but it was just a group of individuals who all lived with uh, bipolar disorder, but even other mental illnesses. We did have people there with postpartum depression. Did you ever try to seek out any like groups like that or anything? I didn't, to be honest with you. I think, and that is a great suggestion. <laughs> I wish someone had suggested yeah. that. Um, and, and it's it's a little hard to do right now. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. there's like an online version, but you know, it's it's certainly not as good. That in-person kind of yeah. that environment is just so and, much different. And I'll tell you one thing that, you know, kind of in the similar vein is I started kind of following different accounts on Instagram that were, you know, for moms, by moms type of thing. Um, because I think it's, a, especially in when you're depressed, but even just having a new baby in general, it's completely, you feel very alone. Um, it's very isolating, right? Like you're sitting up in, at three o'clock in the morning and you feel like you're the only person in the world awake um, and you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> and yeah. you've got to figure it out on your own. Uh, so I think that kind of helped a little bit is trying to find like real moms in real accounts there's one like psyched mommy um that kind of deals with postpartum depression just different kind of resources just on instagram well, even i guess do you um, know any good. instagram accounts off the top of your head that the listeners could check out if they're they're you know yeah so let me open so one of them is called psyched mommy so p-s-y-c-h-e-d um and i believe that she is um, she's a doctor, but she, you know, is all about mom's mental health. Um, and I think that was a great resource. I'm trying to think of other ones, but even like just different hashtags that she would share, you know, like postpartum depression, like um, one in four, which, you know, is for women who have had a miscarriage. Um, healthiest baby is one, but just different and I'll have to look up some more and let you know. 
Yeah, and we can, you know, when we make the advertisement for this, we can certainly tag them. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that that it just puts like an actual face on on a disease and almost like a goal of of somewhere to someone to emulate. So where, what kind of lessons have you learned along the way? And like, do you feel like you're managing it better than you were at the beginning? Yes, I definitely feel thankfully now, like, I think we turned a, a corner even, you know, maybe, well, at first when, once she was six weeks old and she started smiling, right? Cause then you're like, okay, I'm up, you know, I'm up at all hours. This is a thankless job, but I'm getting a little smile. Yeah. Um, but I would say finally, I mean, it was, it was months, but even now, like I just enjoy her so much and I'm trying to even, if there are moments where I'm up rocking her late at night, I'm trying to just soak it in and say, you know what, this, this time's not going to last. Um, you know, they grow so fast. Like I just have absolutely a, a much better perspective now I'm in a much better um place but I think and this is one of the biggest lessons that I learned is something my therapist my new therapist who I seeked out said to me the other day is instead of you know beating yourself up that I wish I could do this all over again because I didn't enjoy those newborn days you know it's kind of this guilt that Mm-hmm. I don't think I did it right. And I'm worried, you know, what if I, I harmed her like in some way or, you know, some psychological, she, she knew I was angry or she knew I was upset. She knew I was down. Um, you know, and my therapist said, instead of thinking that, why don't you tell yourself, you know, I was in the lowest point I've ever been. I felt so terrible and yet I still picked myself up every day and I took care of this baby, you know, like I absolutely, I kept this child alive and I did my very best even when, you know, I'm sure you'd rather just have stayed in bed all day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think I've just been kind of trying to arm myself with that when I, when my mind goes to that place of, you know, I feel guilty. I wish I could do it all over again, Um, which helps a little, but it's funny because like you need someone else to say that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that helped. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably a good point. Like you said, is trying to find someone else who potentially has gone through this and can tell you stuff like that from the other side. Cause it's, you know, it's too hard to tell yourself when you're, when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked of course about the, the medication you, you recently started seeing a therapist and it seems like you have, you've had already beneficial experiences with them. Yeah. But, you know, what else did you, is there been any like exercise component, meditation component, you know, socializing with friends or, or what else have you tried to add into your life that that's helped out with this? I will say, and I think, you know, I have been trying to be active, you know, at least 30 minutes a day. And I started that, you know, when she was just a couple of months old, I would make myself, you know, make us go out and walk around the block at least to get moving every day, get some sunshine. Um, But I think it's been, at least for me, just trying to acknowledge that my life is never going to be the same as it used to be. So I'm now trying to do even, you know, everyday tasks, like doing the laundry, doing the dishes, like everything. I am trying to, 
kind of learn new ways on how to do that when you also have a newborn um, rather than, you know, trying to cram it all in when she's asleep for two hours before you go to bed. Um, Mm -hmm. So just kind of adjusting my expectations on like everyday life um, and learning that, you know, you got to be a little flexible along (laughs) along the way. Um, But I don't know. And then I guess, other than that, just, I, I guess it's still a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, kind of like we said earlier, it's like, you'll probably never have it fully figured out. You'll never be a hundred percent but you know, I, I don't know if you and your husband are planning on having. Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. improves children's health by developing better treatments and technologies. Ranked one of the top children's hospitals in the nation, we take on the most complex, rare, and life-threatening conditions because all children deserve a healthy future. And with our new pediatric focus research and innovation campus, we are generating and sharing even more discoveries because at Children's National Hospital, we want to help every child grow up stronger. Learn more at childrensnational.org slash innovation. Another kid, but, you know, some of the, the stats are, of course, that if you experience postpartum depression once, you're, you're, you could, of course, very well uh, experience it again. And so at yeah. least in, in the next pregnancy, if you do go down that road, you'll be much, much, much better prepared. Exactly. And I think that is something you know, that, that I've thought about as well. And now I'm even debating, you know, I kind of not forced myself, but I had decided I wanted to breastfeed. So that limited, you know, what I was able to take. Um, so I've even been debating that for in the future. Do I, you know, what is more beneficial to my child? Will it be more beneficial if I breastfeed again and kind of deal with those same emotions and work through that? Um, or potentially, you know, do I just start formula feeding right away and know that this is, you know, that's a decision I need to make. Like, so that's something that even in the future, I'm starting to think about. Um, yeah. Cause I, I did, I breastfed, breastfed, um, my daughter for seven and a half months and then, or I'm sorry, six and a half and then started, you know, my, my old medication that I used to take. And to be honest with you, I think that has, is really when, things started to turn around um, a lot, which I didn't mention before, but. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, good thing I'm not a psychiatrist yet because I used to know off the top of my head, which SSRIs actually crossed uh, into breast milk the most, but uh, right now I cannot remember. So I'm not even going to try to go down that road and explain yeah, which one. Yeah. And I, I, used thought... to, I used to know. Yeah. Well, you'll have to brush up on that. Yeah. For your test. But um, yeah. And you get kind of conflicting information because then at one point, you know, my OB was like, oh no, I think you can take, you know, you you can take Lexapro. That's fine. And so I mentioned it to my doctor and she's like, um, yeah, no, no. She goes, you know, she can say that she's not the one writing the prescription, but yeah, (laughs) like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, So again, you get conflicting info, but. And then I, I, something you said that it kind of, you know, since we're talking right now in the midst of coronavirus, um, one thing I've kind of realized, you know, I think we all right now with coronavirus do feel some elements of depression and isolation and boredom. And I've, I've really, I think, underestimated the power of actually cleaning. And, you know, I'll have these days where I feel like a piece of shit and I don't do anything and I'm just really down. And I, I, 
definitely feel depression kind of creeping back into my life. But it's like, okay, well, I'll work for 15, 20 minutes or whatever, you know, cleaning the dishes in the kitchen. And it literally does make me feel so much better at the end of it, because at least I accomplished something productive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, something as simple as just like forcing yourself to do a chore that, I don't know, maybe it just sometimes seems easier than others. But in the midst of those depressed days, you know, I, I kind of forget about those things. You know, it's so easy to always talk, oh, medication therapy, boom, boom, boom. But, you know, in these times, those things can be maybe a little bit challenging to go in to see a new provider or just get in to see oh, a provider. Right. Um, and something just as small as that can, can really, I found it be helpful. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because I'm totally someone who, you know, I very easily kind of take on the environment around me. So I like to try to keep things pretty you know, pretty tidy and I like to have the dishes done and I like to, you know, put the clothes away. And so I think that was like a huge thing too. Once I had a baby that's like, you know, you have to let go of some of that stuff. Yes. Um, but I agree with you because even when we knew we were going to start, you know, kind of self quarantining or, you know, staying in what three weeks ago now at this point, um, I said to my husband, I'm like, you know, I think every night before we go to bed, can we just make sure that all of the baby's toys are away and tidy. Because if we're going to be in this house, you know, for God knows how long, like that's just one thing I think we're going to have to do like every night. So yeah. we've definitely been trying to do that. Um, you know, little things like that, that I agree. You feel like, okay, I accomplished something. There's order in the world, whatever, you know, little thing that we can control in this time, um, I think definitely helps. So how has uh, coronavirus impacted your postpartum depression? Yeah, I think it's funny because, like I said, I mean, it was really just, what, six weeks ago, um, almost that I started taking my regular medication and I'm starting to, you know, starting to feel good. And I'm thinking, like, I got this, you know, I'm getting back into kind of a normal stride of things and got our schedule down and the baby's sleeping through the night and, you know, I'm thinking everything is all good. And of course, you know, right when you, when you think that is the case, life's going to throw you a curveball. Yeah. Uh, but so now it has definitely heightened my anxiety. Um, I'm definitely, and I think a lot of people or anyone really with an anxiety problem, it's like you're used to, at least for me, what helps is having a schedule and, and getting kind of, you know, knowing what's coming around the corner, knowing what to expect, knowing what your day is going to hold, what's your weekend going to look like. And now that's all out the window. And we have no idea when things will go back to normal, if they ever will. Um, so I think that's been the hardest for me right now. And because, you know, we don't normally, we have, you know, grandparents come in and babysit while I'm working and my husband's working. We haven't had any ex extra childcare, so we're kind of trying to work from home and split childcare at the same time. Um, oh, so it's tough. That's, that's one thing I, I forgot to ask you kind of about this. So, you know, did, did taking time away from work impact your postpartum depression? Did getting back into work help with the management or make it worse? It definitely made it worse. So I was very fortunate in that I had 14 weeks off, which, you know, and everyone I've spoken to is, you know, I think 
close to one of the best in the States. I don't know. Um, and I actually debated, do I want to try to take more time? Because it was really, you know, I was not in a great place 14 weeks out. Um, but I knew they were kind of shuffling things around at work. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe it'll be good to kind of have, you know, that kind of mental stimulation again and be talking to adults and everything and try to get back into, quote unquote, you know, my, my old life, my normal life. Um, but I think that was definitely uh, an added challenge to deal with at the same time because then, and I was still breastfeeding and pumping, so it was like, you know, you get into something and get pumped two hours later and, and all that. Um, so it's a lot for sure. And then there's a layer of guilt where, you know, if she didn't sleep well on a Monday night, I'd say, oh, well, you know, who was babysitting her Monday and did they not keep her on a nap schedule? You know, it's this layer of, should I just be taking care of my own child? You know, do I know how to do it best? And just trying to juggle all of those things. I think it's a lot that we expect. And I can't even imagine had I had to go back earlier than 14 weeks. I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how other women do it. You know, some go back in two weeks, six weeks. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. And it's, of course, individualized and, you know, different for everyone given their situation. Yeah. And, and maybe, of course, some people never go back. So now, Julie, let's imagine that that someone in a similar circumstance, maybe they, they just got pregnant and they have a past history of depression and anxiety or Maybe they just gave birth and they're starting to deal with these emotions. You know, what advice would you give those listeners or, or maybe even a spouse who's trying to help out their, their uh, wife or, or girlfriend going through this? Yeah, that's a big one. Um, well, my advice to if I have a friend or one of my sisters get pregnant someday is I do believe, you know, we read so much about the pregnancy, right? And we have all these apps like, oh, the baby's the size of a banana this week and all this, I would try to recommend to women that you really prepare yourself for the baby, like not just the pregnancy. <laughs> and it's funny because you do, you know, you make your baby registry and you get the nursery ready and you're nesting and you've got, you buy, you know, your diapers, you got to buy everything you think you need. But I think just acknowledging that things are going to be crazy for several weeks or months, you know, you're never really going to get back to that regular schedule and just kind of preparing yourself for that. Um, I would advise that to anybody, regardless of if they're dealing with depression or any emotions going on. And then I think my advice for any woman who is, you know, dealing with these negative emotions is just to know that you're completely not alone. Um, and like you said, trying to reach out or trying to find people who you know have gone through it. And I think maybe that's something that a spouse or a partner or a friend can really help with because when you're in the thick of it, you know, you're not thinking like, oh, well, let me find a helpful podcast or let me, you know what I mean? Like you're just mm -hmm. kind of trying to survive. You're just trying to get through it. Um, so I think that's something that potentially an outside person can help and just remind them, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with the way that you're feeling. Like it's, it's not your fault. Um, and just know that you're not alone. I think, and one thing I had to do too was quite frankly, unfollow a lot of, you know, like Instagram moms of all these people who they had their baby two weeks ago and they're posting on, you know, their, their sponsored ads with their hair all done and everything yeah. life is perfect and all this. Um, and just stop comparing yourself to, to other women, to other moms out there. Um, which is, is tough, right? I think we're always going to do that, but find some allies that you can, you can either follow or that you can befriend. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today at our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. There's someone you know who has a child and just, um, you know, kind of find common ground. Because even though it feels like one of the most isolating times in your life, you're really not alone. Um, There's one podcast I found. It's called The Longest Shortest Time. Um, and it's all about moms you know a different mom every episode kind of sharing their experience with the newborn days and um, a lot of even just the one lines that people speak and you know really resonated with me and it's kind of that feeling of like oh okay everyone else has gone through this too um, you know maybe not to the same degree but a lot of the same emotions that you think are necessarily you know not right or um you know, just not <laughs> everyone kind of feels to some, yeah. to some degree. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, those are really some, some great suggestions and I'm glad, you know, you also talked about kind of psyched mommy at psyched mommy and that longest, shortest time podcast. And, you know, I, I don't, at least I can't remember uh, reading any of your writings, but, you know, since you were an English major and you've been so involved in the publishing arena, I'm sure you, you could, create some incredible pieces and and I hope you do decide to share your experiences more because you did such a great job on this podcast talking about your story that I hope you continue to do this because I know that it can it can have the same impact on other people that that you know at psyched yeah. mommy had on you exactly um, and even just you know quick little blurbs um I think can help when you're 
you know, you have 10 minutes to kind of scroll Instagram in between feedings or something like that um, can be, be helpful just to have a touch point with someone else. And yeah, and I read too. I mean, maybe we can look into, so I had, someone had shared that there was potentially this program in New York city that, you know, hospitals were going to start doing like home visits um, to check on new moms and, and new babies. And I thought that was a great idea. And again, I'll have to find it and see if I can send you the article. But it was something where I'm like, yeah, there's no, once you have the baby, it's like the baby's the patient. Yes. You know, and you're just, okay, you're like, your, your job here is done. It's now all about the baby. Um, yeah. And it, it, you know, when you highlighted of- that, that story of the pediatrician, it, it just, it makes me so angry and sad because you know, this, the surveys make me really frustrated. I don't think people fill them out truthfully. And I wish our medical system, we could just actually spend more time and go through every one of those right. questions and, and almost be like, is, it, is that really how you feel? But, you know, you, you answered that, that survey honestly, and yeah. they still didn't even say anything. And so it, it right. just it really kind of makes me sad. Like, you know, metaphorically screaming, raising my hands, like, please, I need help. I need help. I'm filling out the survey, actually truthfully yeah and you know and never a word so it is i don't know something's got to change but in in the meantime finding other resources you know online through writing podcasts what have you i think right now it seems like that is what's helped me the most is just trying to personally be proactive um and say you know what i need help and trying to find those resources on my own yeah well, and 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 th- I can't thank you enough for for asking to come on this podcast. And you know, it's it's this is of course a, an issue that you know I don't know if my my wife is gonna ever have to deal with. We have not had kids yet, but personally, I I can't speak to, of course. So I really really honor and I'm I'm so grateful for you to come on this show. And I I just really want to share my own at least personal experience with, with sharing my own story of bipolar disorder is that what I've really learned is it's actually its own version of therapy in itself of me talking about my own issues, making an effort to try to help other people doing those kind of things, help me manage my disorder better. And so I think it's really the same, regardless of what mental illness people are dealing with. You know, if you're out there trying to share your story and just try to help anybody, it helps you too. Yeah. And it's almost like an acknowledgement to that. Sometimes, you know, mental illness feels like this silent disease that you're always walking around with and you're always struggling and you're always working, you know, to just get through a day and no one knows sometimes. Um, So I think it is helpful to acknowledge, like you're saying, just even it helps me personally to say, just so people kind of have a little bit of an understanding of like, you know, sorry, I didn't get all my thank you notes out for the baby gifts, you know, no. and, and just stuff like that, where not that you need it as an excuse, but just a layer of acknowledging, you know, a part of your own story um, that people don't always know. And hopefully, you know, if someone else is feeling the same way, they'll, they'll realize they're not alone and, and hopefully you know, they know they can always reach out and there's always someone that they can talk to on that front. So I appreciate, you know, I've just been following you and knowing the work that you've been doing 
it, well, you know, it allowed me an outlet to even reach out to you and say, Hey, you know, you think this is something you'd want to talk about? Um, you know, and just knowing that there are people out there who, who care and who want to help and, and kind of share that story. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was a great episode and I think that's kind of a good place for uh, us to kind of conclude there. All right. Awesome. Logan. In the U S army, you can make a choice to make your mark with over 200 fields to choose from. You can join forces with us and take on anything. Visit goarmy.com to answer. What's your warrior? 